You're listening to the Desperation Podcast, a generation in desperate pursuit of God. www.desperationonline.com. All right, turn with me in your Bibles to Jude 24. We're talking about the knowledge of God, and we're talking about the attributes and the characteristics of God. And uh, tonight, I want to talk about the God who does not stumble, and the God who can keep you from stumbling. All right, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity to serve you, to know you, to walk with you. And Father, I pray, Lord God, that you would open up your word to us, that we would know you, we would know your personality. We would know what you're like, that we would see in the face of Christ Jesus the way that God is, and that, Lord God, that we would uh, love your personality, that we would love all that there is about you, and that we would know it, that we would not know um, just concepts that we've read in a book, but that we would have a living experience with the personality of God, and that we would find it in your word, and that we would find it as we, as we spend time walking and talking with you and knowing you. Spirit of God, do a miracle, we pray. Amen. Jude chapter 24 reads like this in the NIV. To him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. Another version that I like a lot says it like this. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, say stumbling. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to, and to present you faultless, say faultless, whew, before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Now listen to the amplified version, even greater. Now to him who's able to keep you without stumbling or slipping or falling and to present you unblemished, blameless and faultless before the presence of his glory in triumphant joy and exultation with unspeakable ecstatic delight. Oh, all of you are going to go buy an amplified Bible now. It's an intriguing thing here, this idea. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling, to him who is able to keep you from slipping, to him who is able to keep you from falling. All of us are, have kind of, by virtue of joining this program, you're definitely the tribe that has signed up and said, I'm going to go hard after God. And you've signed a vow. And if you've never made a statement other than that vow, that vow was a strong statement that said, I know what the bare minimum is, but I want to go beyond the bare minimum. And I want to give everything I possibly can to Jesus. And by virtue of doing that, by virtue of signing that, and probably most of you probably, I would guess in the hundreds of times you've made the statement to God, I'm going to give you everything. Or, I mean, if you've sang Jared's song, you've done it. I'm giving everything to God. I mean, we do that like 10 times in the song, multiply that times 10 mils, you know, and you're in the thousands. So, uh, we, we make the confession over and over again. I'm giving, I'm giving it all to you. I'm giving you everything. One of the things that is kind of a situation that we face often is people that you know and that I know and we fear it to be ourselves and we don't ever talk about it but the truth is is that it's one of it's, it's kind of like this this little voice inside of us that we pray to God is never us you know we this concept of what if I stumble what if I don't make it I know all of you are smirking at me like DC Talk just went through your head. What if I stumble? What if I fall? I know that. I know that. You're children of the 90s. I know. So you believe in God, Peter, James, John, and Toby Mac. But, but I want you to get beyond that. So let's get over that. So what if I stumble? What if I fall? 
but it's this question. And, and one of the reasons why it exists is because in truth, most of us know someone in our journey that has made the confession that you've made that said, let's give everything to God, let's go after Jesus 100%, and right now they're not living that. I mean, in the, and I don't mean like it's their intention and they're not living it. I mean, they've lowered their intention. Most of us would say that we know someone. I know, I, I, I know lots of people that way. I mean, that's it's so, it's so hard. It's one of those things hard to live with because in truth, it's common. I know that's hard to say. And I know as kingdom people, we hate that. But it's nonetheless true. And, and, and sometimes when you think about even spending two years in the furnace or a year in the furnace and you've signed this vow and you've done prayer meetings, after prayer meetings, you've, you've, you've met with people and they've looked at you and said, all right, how can I help serve you to help you live a more godly life? How can I help you uh, spend your time better? Uh, what are you reading? Uh, okay, here's the book we're all reading together. Uh, how, how are you digesting this? What's God saying to you in the scriptures? Uh, what, tell me what's going on in your heart. What relationships are godly? Which ones are? Which ones should we get rid of? You know, and you're, you're a, a part of ministry you're part of local church ministry. You're a part of the tours where we go across the country. We're praying for Tibet. We're bringing missionaries here. It's this kind of extreme culture where it's like, whoo, let's go for it. But inevitably, each one of you will at some point be at a position in your life someday where you don't have a prop that helps you like that. I mean, maybe, by the grace of God, whichever local church you're a part of will do that. But, but inevitably, maybe you'll find yourself maybe in pursuit of that church or maybe you make a move or whatever where there's not that kind of radical community that's pushing you in that direction and, and you have this little temptation to simmer down. And I don't know about you, but I mean, I've had plenty of friends where this would probably be true of them where they would have said, well... I'm in a place where I've slipped, I've fallen. And what's important is how you perceive God in the moment where inevitably you may slip, trip, stumble, fall, whatever the word may be. And how you perceive what, how, what you believe to be true about the God who says that he is able to keep you from stumbling. Do you believe him to be true when he says that? I love these kinds of now to him, you know, the God who, it's, it's, it's very cool. In Romans 16, 25, it says, the God who is able to strengthen us. And I like to take that and go, okay, God, you're the God who's able to strengthen me. Woo, I like that. Ephesians three twenty, the God who is able to do far more than we could ever ask or dream of. Okay, that's a great verse right before we go on tour. That's the one we should be preaching on tonight. But in Jude 24, it's this one. It's the God who is able to keep us. He, the God who is able, who has the capacity to keep you, individual you, from stumbling. Wow. I mean, just imagine that inherent in the Godhead, inherent in the personality of God, is the capacity, is the ability to keep you, your journey, your life, to keep you from stumbling. Sometimes when I think of this, I think we imagine, you know, this God that, He's able to keep me from stumbling. And so, therefore, you know, he's going to keep me from falling. He's going to keep, put your word in. And some people go to the idea that he's the God that uh, I pray my prayer. I 
kind of do the get saved deal. And then I'm going to be kept in, you know, this, you know, what I call the, the lockbox of heaven. And he's going to keep me right there close to his heart because I prayed the prayer and I'm safe and I'm good. And it's just right there. And there I am close to the heart, the, the, you know, the father heart of God. I prayed the prayer and he's just got me locked right there, you know, and, and I'm just there. And no matter what I do, no matter what I say, no matter what happens, I, I'm there. I'm, 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 I'm in. I'm good. Safe. I don't know if, if we were looking at Jude and, and we were trying to figure out what he's trying to say here. I'm not so sure that that's really what he's trying to say. I mean, Jude is Jesus' half-brother, all right? Half-brother because, you know, it's Joseph and Mary's son. And so Jude is this dynamo. I mean, if you read through this, Jude is a, I mean, he's a strong guy. And, and the intriguing thing to me about Jude is really the way he sets the book up in Jude 1.3 where he says, uh, where he encourages them to contend for the faith. Contend, that's a strong word, isn't it? It's a fighting word, to contend. It's a rocky word. It's a word. It's a... I know we all think we're so, you know, we think TV, so we think the contender, you know, we think boxing. But it, it's this personality of Jude where he's actually going to give his worldview and he talks about contend for the faith. And so then in verse 24, later on, he says, uh, also um, to him who is able to keep you from falling or to keep you from stumbling. In verse 4, he's the guy that says, don't allow people with bad doctrines. Let's use the grace of God as a license for immorality. He's a guy that's saying, let there be no license for immorality. You got to... You got to not use the grace of God, the love of God, the sweetness of God, the kindness of God. Don't let that truth be something that keeps you from fighting for holiness, for fighting for purity, from fighting for fullness. Don't use the grace of God as a license for immorality. And in verse 3, he says, contend, contend for the faith. So verse 3, he's saying fight. Verse 4, he's saying, don't allow false truths about God to be in your head to where you actually believe something that's false so that it slows down your pursuit. I mean, that's the way he sets off the book of Jude. Verse 3, contend. Verse 4, don't allow false doctrines. Don't allow guys to cause you to believe in that the grace of God, or, uh, to get, uh, don't allow the grace of God to, uh, as a license for immorality. I mean, don't believe something that, that causes you to be passive. Are you with me? So in, if, you, if you kind of think through this guy's philosophy, this guy, it's not a, hey, he's able to keep you from falling. He's... The sweet heart, God, pray the prayer, get locked in the vault, spend 60, 70 years on the planet, hanging out right there. No, he's the contend for the faith guy. He's just saying, don't believe false doctrines. Don't use the grace of God as a license for immorality. And what he's pushing for is righteousness. What he's pushing for is fervency. So we can't take this the God who's able to keep you from falling and turn it into this sweet little thing. What, what he's saying is, um, as you contend, as you give it your all, he is able to keep you from slipping. 
What he's saying is, in the pursuit of wholeheartedness, in the pursuit of extravagance, in giving everything, when, once you put your heart in that position, man, he is the God that's able to keep you from falling, but it's in the radical pursuit that God wants to keep you from stumbling. The word there, the, the word that uh, he's able to keep you from stumbling, it's, it's the idea of a, of a horse, you know, this, this Greek word here, it would be the same word that you would use for a horse that would stumble. He's able to keep you from stumbling like a, like a good horse wouldn't stumble, you know? And he's saying, listen, in the pursuit like a horse, in the, in the running, in the, in the radical, I mean, going after this thing, contending for the faith, not believing false doctrines, man, when you're in that position, go for it, go for it, go for it. Oh, and he is the God that can keep you from falling. But it's in the going for it that we get that blessing. It's in the going for it that we find that context. It's in the giving, giving everything. And so here in the furnace, you know, we promote this culture of this extravagant culture. And one of my greatest fears is that some of you may say, I've seen so many people that have with their tongue and even with maybe a year of their life, decided to give it 100%. Four years later, are not living it. And when I think about my own weakness and my own brokenness, I think mostly that that might turn out to be me. And out of the fear of not becoming a hypocrite, I'm not going to commit to the extravagant pursuit. I'm not going to pray the radical prayers because my fear, my, my fear is that I'll say it and I won't live it and then I'll be a hypocrite and so better off to not make the extravagant statement and just out of the fear of stumbling one day, hang out. But what we believe to be true about God, the God who is able to keep you from stumbling is that it's in the running, it's in the pursuing, it's in the fighting, it's in the battle, put whatever metaphor you want to put on it, but it's in the going for it 100% that I'm going to say, when you stumble, you have an accurate view of God that he's able to lift your face and keep you from stumbling again. It's in the, I'm giving it 100%, I'm going for it, going for it, going for it, going for it. And when you fall, I mean, when... When you stumble, when the, the, the horse of the leg, I mean the, the leg on the horse, when the leg on the horse, I mean, stumbles, when it messes, even though it's the thoroughbred, when you fall, he's the God that's able to help you get up, keep going, and possess a vision to not stumble again. And as you pursue, inevitably there's going to be moments where you stumble. I mean, even Seabiscuit fell. You know, great heart. Yeah, I broke his leg, but he still won the next race. But the vision, is, the idea is, is that you, would, that you would see, that you would perceive as you contend for the faith, as you give it everything, that he is the God that lifts your face, wipes the shame off your face, and then has the capacity to empower you and enable you to keep you from stumbling. And if you have a vision to have God 
help you. God empower you to not stumble. You will do far better than if your mentality is, hey, we all trip and fall, we all stumble. I'm sure that'll be me again. Inherent in that, though there is some truth to the reality that God loves us in the midst of our weakness, inherent in that mentality is a casualness, a casual approach toward hating sin, towards living wholehearted. And he is the God that, let's look at this, to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all the ages. Did you get that? Our God, our Savior. When you fall, you need two things. One, to know that he is your Savior. You're not your Savior. You cannot save yourself. Even with all your human zeal, you can't save yourself. He is the Savior. And he does have within him, the God of the ages, the ability to keep you from falling again. What can't happen is that there becomes a confusion of roles. What can't happen is that you think it's all on God's part. He's going to keep me from stumbling. So David, what are we going to do in Vegas? Because I'm going to the strip. God's going to keep me from stumbling. I prayed the prayer. Hey, He's going to keep me from stumbling. Dude, what's your name? Let's go make out. He's going to keep me from stumbling. He's the God. Okay? Emphasis on the absence of your role and falsely putting all things on God. Are you with me? Then there's the other side. People are straining. I'm lame, I'm lame, I'm pathetic, I'm a worm. Oh God, don't smite me. Oh Watch this. I fell. I, I am lame. I will never do that again. Oh, and they, there's zero looking to God. It's about me, 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 me. Elevation of your role. No conviction that he is the God that will empower you to keep you from stumbling. So what's his role? What's your role? Well, you know what's fun? As I see, I see seven things that lead up to verse 24 where it's like, you do this, you do this, you do this, and then to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. So let's look at those seven things, all right? Verse 20. But you, dear friends, build yourselves up in the most holy faith. Number one, build yourself up in the holy faith. That's hard. Faith is 100% uh, not always logical. And you live in a world where People look at people with faith and they go, huh, I don't get it. You must be a Looney Tune. And just the persevering of 5, 10, 20, 40 years of persevering and being a man or woman of faith can be difficult if you don't have your eyes on spiritual things. But he says, number one, build yourself up in your holy faith. Number two, Pray in the Holy Spirit. Preach in the choir on that one. Preach in the furnace on that one. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Bad joke. I like this one. Look at number three. Number three. 
keep yourself in God's love. Oh yeah, that's a, Perkins loves that one right there. Keep yourself in God's love. What does that mean? It means renew your mind in the knowledge of God's affection over your life. And number two, continue to make love vows to the Lord over and over again. God, I love you. Renew yourself. Keep yourself in the love of God. Keep the lens by which you view your relationship with God, love talk. Keep it that way. Keep yourself in the love of God. You want to persevere in the long run? And you want to keep from stumbling? Be a person that is quick to talk about the love of God. How much he loves you and how much you love him. It's not masculine. It's not feminine. It's truth. Say it. Number four, what? Okay, let's go through it again. Number one, build yourself up in the faith. Number two, pray in the Holy Spirit. Number three, keep yourself in the love of God. Number four, be merciful to those who doubt. That can be difficult. Because you know what you want to do? Eventually, if I'm having a conversation with Pete, let's say Pete is lost, uh, godless, and tall. All right, and, and let's, say that, uh, that, let's say that Pete is a doubter, all right? And if, if I'm spending a week, a month, a year trying to be the life of Jesus to him and he doubts, he doubts, he doubts, he doubts, he doubts, you know what the temptation to do is? At some point, be like, forget this guy. I mean, after all, you know, I've had this little light of mine shining for years. And... You haven't seen Jesus yet? You know? <laughs> sorry. I mean, and so with the temptation, sorry, Pete, I know it's embarrassing. All right. And so the temptation, our temptation is in that to go, all right, forget it, man. I'm going to move on to, to better lands, to more, you know, to someone who might appreciate my evangelism techniques. But you know what? The truth is, number four, be merciful to those who doubt. There are going to be doubters. There are going to be people that look at you and because of your faith, look at you and think that you are stupid. You have to be merciful. No matter what. Number five, snatch others from the fire and save them. Ah, sound like Brett Hancock. Snatch them out of the fire and save them. Snatch them. Look at them. Look for those who don't know Jesus Snatch them. Be someone that is uh, intentionally an evangelist. Intentionally looking for the people that are broken and hurting and need God. Snatch them. And that means that you have to have a very real perspective of heaven and hell. Because if you don't have a real perspective of that they're going to spend an eternity away from God in eternal damnation, then you won't have an urgency within your heart to snatch them. Instead, you'll be like, whatever. Look at this, number six. Show mercy. Show mercy. To others, show mercy. Mixed with fear. Verse seven, this is kind of cool. Hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. This is probably uh, speaking kind of like the, the Old Testament 
idea of leprosy or the idea of, of leprosy where, uh, you know, if, if, if the clothes had touched leprosy, if they had touched leprosy, then there was not the chance, if flesh touched flesh, there was a great chance that you would get leprosy. If, if the uh, clothes touched it, it's not as high, but still a chance. And the idea is hating even anything that's close to evil. Get as far away from it as you can. Get away from anything that would stain you. Just hate it. Just get away from it. Hate evil. Hate it. Now I want to ask you this. Those seven things that we hear from Jude, be content for the faith. Verse three. Don't allow the grace of God as a license for immorality. Verse four. He's a tough guy. Do you think then we get to verse 24 and he's like, to him is able to keep you from stumbling, sweetheart. Oh no. Oh no, this is a warrior talking. This is a warrior saying, you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this. And in that rabid pursuit of all the things of God and in that uh, determination and that resolution to be 100% as you give everything in pursuit of God, he is able to keep you from stumbling. As you are on the battlefield and you're giving your all, as you are, you know, each one of those seven things, you know, fighting this and fighting that and surviving. And even though you're hurting, you're moving forward and you're doing all those things, he is able to keep you from falling. You want the highest measure of God's protection to keep you from falling? I mean, you want Psalm 34, 7, the angel of the, uh, the, angel of the Lord encamps those around those who fear him. You want that? You want the angel of the Lord encamping around you? Job 1.10, Satan goes to God and he says, you place a hedge of protection around Job. You want a hedge of protection around you? Genesis 15.1, God says to Abram, I am your shield. You want God to be your shield? Psalm 3.3, God, you are a shield around me. Psalm 18.2, you're my rock, you're my fortress, you're my deliverer. You want that kind of God to keep you from stumbling where he's the rock, where he's the fortress, where he's all those things. It is in the the pursuit of 100%. Lay it all on the line. Contend for the faith. And in the contending, in the laying it all on the line, in that giving it 100%, in that, those sevenfold things, in that intense pursuit, he is able to keep you from stumbling. The place where God most delights to keep you from stumbling is the person who has a resolution for wholeheartedness. A resolution for laying it all on the battlefield. I'm not a person to normally make quotes of football players, but Vince Lombardi said, I firmly believe that any man's finest hour the greatest fulfillment of all that he holds dear is that moment when he has worked his heart out in a good cause and lies exhausted on the battlefield victorious. You know what? I believe that to be a true of Christianity. Revelation 20 verse 10 says, the devil will be thrown down and tormented forever and ever. We will be victorious and some people will be lying on the battlefield exhausted knowing that they gave it their all. And some people will be standing on the sideline drinking Gatorade saying it was a good show. One will have fulfillment in eternity for a million years knowing that they gave it all they had at game time. Others will live in regret that they only ran half as fast as they could, that they only hit half as hard 
that they only gave it. The guys that give it everything, the reward, the victorious, the victory, the trophy, the moment is far sweeter than the guys that sat on the bench. Why? It's the greatest. And you get it by giving it your all. You will be victorious. And some of you will lie on the 50-yard line, sweaty, bloody, tired, broken nose, and go, ah, the thrill of victory. I gave it my all. May we not have clean jerseys. May we look at the one who is our reward and say, I gave it everything. And you, as I gave it my all, you kept me from stumbling. You kept me from falling. And the time that I did, you were my savior that lifted my face and gave me a vision to keep me from stumbling, that you are the God that can keep me from stumbling. And if I fell again, by my choice and me not fulfilling my side, not you not fulfilling yours, but by me not fulfilling mine, you are the God that fulfilled yours by lifting my face and giving me a vision to get up again and go for it. 100%. He is the God who is able to keep us from stumbling. Make it your choice. Make it your resolve. And pray it. When you're in these prayer meetings, pray it. Make Jude 24 something that you, you write on your forehead and you, you get, get, as you leave, especially as you leave a place with as much zeal like the furnace and much dedication talk as the furnace. He's the God that keeps you from stumbling. Say, God, I need your grace to keep me from falling. To keep me from tiring and giving up. It's about you. Will you stand with me? Boost, do you want to come on up? I want to pray for you. And what I'm going to pray for is I'm going to pray for you for the decade after you're done with this program. I want to pray that your knowledge of God, your understanding of him as the God who keeps you from falling, that you would have the right image of God and the right image of God would live to a right life. And that the right life would cause you 10 years down the road to not be living in passivity, ignoring the word of God, keeping 100% of your paycheck and justifying it, but rather that you would be someone that your time, your talent, treasure, is his. And 10 years from now, when you're old, like me, 30, that you would be in a place where you've advanced the kingdom, you know him better, you've given more, your prayer life is stronger, and you're deeper a decade post the furnace. A decade from now, this looks like child's play Christianity. A decade from now, you're like, oh man, hmm, when I was a furnaceite, I talk like a furnaceite, I walk like a furnaceite, but now that I become a mature Christian, I put my furnaceite, little small faith behind me because now I'm shaking the planet. Now I'm living where I wasn't living when I was 20 or 25. Man, 
The word of God is in me. My prayer life is strong. My giving is real. My, my global vision exists. My sacrifice is severe. My love is strong. My knowledge of God far surpasses where I was when I was 20. Can you imagine being 10 years from now and you know more about God now than when you're 30? Wouldn't it be better? I mean, how awful to have forgotten more than you know then. <laughs> far better for you to have the word of God on your tongue. Far better for you to talk about the people or the nations that you've influenced or the books that you've written or the songs that you've sung or that you've written or the kids that are four years old and godly that you're preparing or the marriage. I know everybody said amen. The marriage that's pure and righteous and blessed. Man, he's the God that can keep you from stumbling. He is the God that when you're 30, 40, 50, that you could be living the love and the knowledge of God louder at 60 than you were at 20. I mean, 40 years, guys. Just lock in, get on the 40 year plan. Age 60, your 60th birthday. Dude, nobody can touch you. You're a fiery prophet, filled with the life of God. You've lived in sexual purity for 40 years. And the nations are yours. Put your hands with me. We say yes and amen, God. To you, the God who's able to keep us from falling, the God who's able to keep us from slipping, the God who's able to keep us. We want to be people, Lord Jesus, that know you, that have a revelation of God, that are on the battlefield, giving 100%, and you supernaturally sustain us. You are a shield all around us. You're a hedge of protection that keeps the enemy off of us. You, you place a shield of favor all around us. Because we're yours. And we're in 100%. We give you our all yet again tonight, God. Let it be true of us. Amen. You've just heard one of the speakers from Desperation, a ministry of New Life Church in Colorado Springs. For more information on becoming a Desperation intern, attending one of our conferences, or joining the Desperation National Network for local churches, visit us at desperationonline.com.